0: Hello and welcome to Renewing Your Mind, a web-based ministry of South Bay Community Church located in Fremont, California. It is our prayer that today's broadcast will be a blessing to you. Let us prepare our hearts to hear the word of the Lord.
1: The Christmas season has officially begun. How many of you hit the stores on Friday? Anybody? Just a few. I think that's a trend. I saw on the, uh, on the news this morning that Black Friday sales was way down. And so, but you know what was way up? Online sales. And even though it's not even Cyber Monday yet, uh, people were shopping online and those online sales are up and they expect it to be... Through the Roof, tomorrow for Cyber Monday. So we have officially entered the Christmas season. It reminds me of a Family Feud episode that aired recently. A gentleman was asked, what is your favorite season of the year? So I'm going to do a little uh, Family Feud congregational poll. If your favorite season of the year is winter, raise your hand. Okay, just a few. If your favorite season of the year is spring, raise your hand. A few more. If your favorite season of the year is fall, raise your hand. Just a couple. A few more. And if your favorite season of the year is summer, raise your hand. Ah, the overwhelming, overwhelming majority. Well, this young, this gentleman, when he was under the pressure of the time clock and asked what is his favorite season of the year, He said, Christmas. (laughs) And there was laughs, but there was no points for that. He got no points for Christmas. But you understand why he said that, because we talk about the holiday season, we talk about Christmas season, and there are all types of seasons in our lives. This morning, I want to talk to you about another type of season. I want to talk to you about the seasons of life, particularly the youth, the season of youth, and the season of maturity. Before we dig into the word this morning, I want to set up the context for where our scripture is coming from. We're going to be looking at a passage from the book of Ecclesiastes, which is a tiny little Old Testament book um, written by King Solomon, who was the son of King David. And if you know about King Solomon, you know that he is reportedly the wisest man that ever lived, or at least the wisest man, uh, in the world of, of his day. He's also reportedly one of the wealthiest, if not the wealthiest, man to have lived in his time. And by anyone's standards, he had it all. He had everything. Scriptures tells us that he had 700 wives and 300 concubines. That's a thousand women.) Go ahead. I can't wrap my mind around that, but a 1,000 women. He was the builder of the great Jewish temple as well as other fabulous palatial structures. He had gardens, he had vineyards, he had more herds and livestock than anyone in his time. He was rich beyond rich, educated beyond educated. He had it all. Fame, fortune, wine, woman, and song, everything. But in the book of Ecclesiastes, he looks back over his life. And as he recounts and unfolds his story, there's a theme that emerges. In the book of Ecclesiastes, he's seeking to answer the question, what's the point of it all? What's the meaning of life? He had everything. There's a theme that echoes through the book, depending on what version of the Bible you're reading. It's vanity of vanities, all of life is vanity in the new international version it says meaningless meaningless all of life is meaningless the hebrew word used here is smoke or vapor meaning there's nothing to it there's no real substance no real essence here today gone tomorrow what's the point Now, I'll give you a spoiler alert. By the time Solomon gets to the end of his book, and and he starts to thread it in even a little bit before the end, he does conclude that there is meaning in life, true meaning, when we fear God, meaning have that reverential awe for God and keep his commandments. He does get to that point. But much of the book of Ecclesiastes is a little bit depressing as Solomon reflects on the meaning of life and causes us to reflect on our meaning of life, it can kind of be a downer. And so this morning, we're going to pick up a text um, from Ecclesiastes. It's towards the end of the book, and there's some wisdom that I think is for us today as well. Would you please open your Bibles, and it will also be on the screen. We're going to be looking at Ecclesiastes chapter 11, and we're going to start with verse 9. Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verse 9 and I'll give you a minute to find that on your handhelds or in your Bible Ecclesiastes 11 verse 9 hear the word of the Lord rejoice O young man in your youth and let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth Walk in the ways of your heart and the sight of your eyes, but know that for all these things, God will bring you into judgment. Remove vexation from your heart and put away pain from your body, for youth and the dawn of life are vanity. Remember also your creator in the days of your youth, before the evil days come and the years draw near, of which you will say, I have no pleasure in them and all the daughters of song are brought low. They are afraid also of what is high, and terrors are in the way. The almond tree blossoms, the grasshopper drags itself along, and desire fails, because man is going to his eternal home. And the mourners go about the streets before the silver cord is snapped and the golden bowl is broken, or the pitcher is shattered at the fountain, or the wheel broken at the cistern. And the dust returns to the earth as it was. And the spirit returns to God who gave it. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher. All is vanity. Please pray with me. Gracious God, we come this morning eager and expectant to hear your word. God, we desire to hear from you. And so in this moment, Lord, I ask that you would open our hearts and our ears and our minds, that you'd remove the messenger, and that you would speak to each one of us in that special, customized way that only you can do, and that we would hear you, Father. And I ask your blessing on this time. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Now, you probably were following along, and by the time we got deep into the passage, if you were like me when I first read that, it was like, what in the world is he talking about? It's very poetic, and we will unpack that. But I want to say that, that there is some great wisdom for us in this passage, and the sermon title for this morning is simply, Remember, Remember, and specifically, Remember Your Creator. There's two themes that we'll look at related to remember in the seasons of life that I wanna focus on this morning. First one is remember your creator in the days of your youth, and then by extension, remember your creator in your mature years, in the days before you die. But before we dig into that latter part, let me, let's start with those two earlier verses, verses nine and 10. Solomon exhorts the young to enjoy life to the fullest, to go for the gusto, to to enjoy it all, but also to keep God in mind because everything we do has positive and negative consequences and God will judge those consequences. I love how the contemporary English version puts it. It reads, Be cheerful and enjoy life while you are young. Do what you want, find pleasure in what you do, find pleasure in what you see, but don't forget that God will judge you for everything you do. Rid yourself of all worry and pain, because the wonderful moments of youth quickly disappear. Enjoy your life as a young person. I think these two verses are so important for youth and and young adults of, of today because we may believe that youth is a carefree time of life. After all, they don't have taxes, or mortgages, or pensions, or retirements, or aches and pains, and, and so we could say, enjoy your life. But a recent report from the American Psychological Association reveals quite a different story for many of our youth. There's a random survey done of over 1,000 youth and nearly 2,000 adults and the study found that teens experienced stress levels that exceeded the stress levels of the adults in that study. The, on a scale of 1 to 10, the adults had a stress index of 5.1, but the youth had a stress index of 5.8. And you may say, well, 5.1, 5.8, that's not a big deal. But we're talking about youth. We're talking about youth. Furthermore, the study found that 31% of the teens felt overwhelmed. 36% of them talked of feeling fatigued and tired. 30% reported feeling depressed due to the stress and strain in their lives. And while this study focused on teens, we know that this is also true for millennials and young families that feel the stress and the strain of living in today's world. We're living older, so it's harder for younger people to get into the job market. Housing is crazy. I mean, there's so much stress in our world. I don't want to spend a lot of time here, but I do want us to remember to support and encourage the young people in our lives, to support and encourage them to enjoy this season. Those of us who are older know how fleeting it really is. We need to encourage and help our young people seek balance in their lives, yes. to do um, their best that they have time for the things, all the things that they are thinking that they want to do. Amen. We also need to be careful that we don't contribute to their stress. Yes. While we want the very, very best for them, we also need to balance our expectations and, and realistic Um, expectations to to support them we need to create safe places where they can share their feelings and and feel heard and, and we can have a sense of how are they doing really we need to encourage them to enjoy this brief season of life lighten their load when we can and that doesn't mean we do it for them but we can come alongside them and we can remind them to trust God. They don't have to have it all figured out now. They don't have to do it all now. They don't have to have all the plans determined now. God is with them, and we can guide. This leads us into the next part of this text, uh, chapter 12, verse one, where I wanna spend the most of my time this morning, and I consider this the hinge um, swinging gate passage because it relates to what Solomon has said before and it relates to what he says after. Solomon is still talking to youth when he says, remember your creator in the days of your youth. But then he launches into this section that really is about aging. He admonishes us to remember our creator while we are young and to remember him before the challenges of old age steals the joys of youth let's look at these next set of verses i actually love them because solomon is a true poet this is all picturesque metaphorical language and, and it's just beautifully written all the scholars don't agree on the imagery but but we get the idea so let's pick it up at verse 12 which says remember also your creator Before the evil days come and the year draws near of which you will say, I have no pleasure in them. Before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars are darkened and the clouds return after the rain. These evil days that Solomon is talking about is not moral evil or war or anything like that, even though we know that's a reality. But he here is referring to the inevitability of aging. The darkening of the sun and the moon and the stars is that fading light of youthful joy as aging begins to set in. The returning clouds are the calamities and the trials that seem to come one right after another as we get older. Solomon then goes on to describe aging realities in very picturesque terms. He talks about the trembling keepers of the house, which scholars believe refers to trembling arms as we grow older. The bent strong men are believed to be legs that become wobbly and less steady as we get older. Grinders that cease because they are few. Anyone have an idea what that might be? Teeth, (laughs) yes. Those are, refers to tooth loss as we get older. And the dimmed windows, you getting the hang of this metaphor? What are dimmed windows? Your eyes, your eyesight, we begin to, our eyesight begins to go. Solomon uses metaphors in this passage that that refers to loss of hearing. The restless and irregular sleep that we may have as we become lighter sleepers, excuse me, as we get older. There's fears of heights and anxieties that we maybe never were afraid of when we were younger, but something happens as we get older that, that some, some fears and anxieties can begin to set in. The almond tree blossom refers to hair turning gray. And the grasshopper dragging itself refers to the, the challenges of walking, the gait of walking as we get older. Solomon notes all of these as normal parts of aging as we draw closer to death. Finally, in verse six, you have two sets of pictures of death itself. First you have, he talks about the silver cord and a golden ball, bowl. And what's happened is when the cord is snapped, the bowl is broken beyond repair. The second set of images referring to death is a pitcher being lowered into a well by a rope around a wheel. And when that wheel breaks, the pitcher is shattered down the well or the cistern. Both of these images reflect the fragility and the finality of death. Then in verse 7, we have a final scene. And Solomon talks about life being over. We're returned to dust and our spirits return to God. It's pretty dramatic and poignant and somewhat depressing stuff isn't it sorry I didn't mean to bring us down it reminds me of a quote that I came across Um, you may have heard it it goes life is hard then you die then they put dirt on your face then the worms eat you be happy that it happens in that order so he kind of has a little solemn flavor going on in that quote there But what is so refreshing is that Solomon um, doesn't end there, but he does repeat this refrain, vanity of vanities, all is vanity, life is nothing but smoke. But embedded in this passage that we are looking at today is a golden nugget, a truth that is amazingly wonderful. Yes, we are all going to die, and we all will experience the manifestations of aging to one degree or another, but there's this golden nugget of truth that we can easily skip over as we're reading this text. But I see it as like a prism. If we catch hold of this phrase, it colors everything. Everything turns like the Wizard of Oz, where it starts all black and white, and then by the time she gets to Oz, it's brilliant color. That's what this text does. It's that text I referred to earlier as the hinge text or the swinging gate. The Golden Nugget is verse 12, chapter 12, first part of 1. Remember your creator. Remember your creator. What does Solomon mean by remember? Well, we're not talking about remembering the good old glory days that we wish that we could go back to. It's not that nostalgic kind of remember. It's the active command to recall, to keep in mind, to think about, to not forget, and then respond accordingly. It's a proactive remembering. Solomon specifically tells youth to remember their creator. And there's some unique qualities for young people, younger people, that makes remembering especially pertinent and relevant. First, youth are particularly sensitive to the things of God. Did you know that, according to a Barna poll, 85% of those professing Jesus Christ made that commitment between the ages of 4 and 14. 4 and 4, 85%. The percentages drop considerably lower after that. In fact, just looking over at the McLeod's, I'm just reminded of, I was so blessed. A couple Sundays ago, little Morgan um, comes up to me and she says, I'm so happy. And I said, why are you so happy, Morgan? And she said, because I asked Jesus in my heart. And I said, tell me more about that. And she could tell me the whole story. She knows exactly what she's doing exactly we're going to be blessed to enjoy her baptism in a couple weeks but but between four and 14 youth is a particularly sensitive time for the things of god so remembering our creator in our youth allows god to touch a young heart and begin a journey with god that took solomon a whole lifetime to discover Remembering our creator in our youth also is relevant as as we mature, as youth mature. They have questions about life, about who they are, about critical decisions that they need to make that will shape their entire lives. Remembering our creator when we are young allows God to shape that growth, shape that maturity. It allows God to give wisdom as they make those critical decisions and it gives them a chance to get their identity in Christ, that they are sons and daughters of God, not identity from the latest fad or whatever the culture is trying to say you are. Further, the young have zeal and energy and vision for a better world. We often call them idealists. But remembering our creator as a young person allows God to harness that zeal, that energy for the kingdom of God. The Apostle Peter, quoting the prophet Joel, said, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. Martin Luther King Jr. was only 34 when he led the march on Washington. I'm still, you know, you always see him, and, and but I, I did not calculate that he was 34 when he did that. My oldest son is 34, so I'm very sobered by this reality. (laughs) But Martin Luther King Jr. had zeal, energy, and the vision of a younger person on his side. He was someone who remembered his creator and walked with his creator. So if you were a young person remember your creator in the days of your youth there is so much wisdom and benefit that god wishes to share with you and we need your vision your zeal your energy your perspective in the kingdom of god now lest you think it's nothing but downhill for us older folk let's look at the second part of this passage Solomon writes, remember your creator in the days of your youth before the days of trouble come, and he enumerates all kinds of troubles related to aging. But one could extrapolate and extend that remembering our creator is ongoing. We are, it is never too late to remember. Furthermore, what is youth anyway, really? To some degree, it's relative, isn't it? I love this birthday card, that I saw uh, the other day. And there it is. And so you have this this woman who looks like a, she could probably be a grandma to someone, and she's yelling out the window, learn to drive, Granny! (laughs) And so I I just love that card because you have to wonder, who is she yelling at and calling (laughs) Granny? But the priceless is the punchline on the inside. And the punchline inside the card says, There is always somebody older than you. (laughs) I love that. That's a great birthday card, I think. But I think this is not just a joke, but it's a fact of our changing world. Have you heard the phrase that 70 is the new 50 and 50 is the new 30? Have you heard that? Well, that's not just someone trying to do a mind game to hold on to their youth. It is actually a truism the International Institute for Applied Systems Analysis is making the case that old age now actually starts at 74 instead of 65. Yes. (laughs) And that's based on how long we are living these days. In fact, I go on to say that even 74 is not a truism to say. We, you can't even say that old age begins at 74 because there are so many variables to longevity. It's projected that 1 in 7 65-year-old women and 1 in 12 65-year-old men can expect to celebrate, you ready, their 100th birthday their 100th birthday. Those are great odds. Those are great odds. One in seven 65-year-olds and one in women and one in 12 65-year-old men can expect to celebrate their 100th birthday. So what does it mean to remember our creator as a mature person, at a mature season of life? First of all, older adults have life experience. They know what Solomon claimed to know that much of life is out of our control. No matter how much we plan, no matter how much we put nest eggs away, no matter how much we try to organize, stuff happens. And as a mature person, we recognize, we can remember our creator, that that there is wisdom from God through the ups and downs. We're reminded of how faithful God has been, how faithful God is And because of our experience, we can be assured of how faithful God will be. Older adults also recognize at some point that they have fewer years ahead of them than they do behind them. Even if we do live to live 100, we'll have at some point fewer years uh, ahead of us. Remembering our creator in our mature years gives us guidance, gives us focus as we seek God's purpose in this season of our lives. We can partner with God and learn what is the legacy that God would have us share in in this season, in this maturing season of our life. My father has often said is, if you are still breathing, you still have a purpose. And so in our mature years, remembering our creator allows us to live into that legacy. Older adults are also particularly aware that life is short, and remembering our Creator gives us comfort and peace as we watch loved ones transition, and as we prepare for our own transition, knowing that this life is not all there is. So the truth to grasp is this. Whatever stage of life we find ourselves, whatever season we're in, there is wisdom, there is benefit, there is joy in remembering. That is recalling, keeping in mind, thinking about, including our creator, and then responding accordingly. But what does this remembering look like in practical terms? In in our day-to-day Busy lives, particularly as we enter this crazy holiday season, what does it even mean to remember our Creator? Well, we can remember our Creator by spending time with Him, by being aware of His presence around us, in us, and through us. Perhaps one idea is you set your phone to alert you at a a certain time during the day, and you just Go away and pause and be with God and think about how have I seen God working today? Just a reminder to pause in your day and be with God. We remember our creator by sharing and listening and talking to God, which is prayer. And that can happen anytime, anywhere. On the treadmill, in your car, while you're eating a sandwich, while you're in the mall. Anytime you can just talk to God and listen Tune in that antenna. We can remember our creator by learning more about him and his story through his word. Besides Sunday morning, there are podcasts and devotionals and scripture texts, all that can help us remember our creator. They come straight to your phone or your email. In fact, it can be overwhelming. There is so much out there. But these are ways that we can remember our creator. Maybe this holiday season you commit to reading the book of Luke with fresh eyes. It's the gospel that has the most detail of, of the nativity story. And so maybe you remember and dig more into God's word by, 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 by rediscovering Luke this holiday season. And then following it through uh, Jesus' resurrection and, and getting to know Jesus afresh. We remember our creator by expressing our love to him which is praise and worship. One of my favorite praise and worship places, some of you know this, is in my car. I commute here um, to church, and I crank it up really loud, and I sing at the top of my lungs, and it is definitely a joyful noise because I am not a singer. But we have some wonderful, God and I have some wonderful times of praise and worship, and, and it can change my whole day remember your creator. We remember our creator by obeying his commandments to love him with our heart, soul, mind, and strength and our neighbor as ourselves. Maybe for this holiday season, before the schedule gets crazy, it's not even December 1st yet, maybe you put some intentional um, things on your calendar of how you can share love with someone or serve somewhere or, or get a special gift for someone who is not expecting it. These are ways to remember our creator. There are so many ways to live into Solomon's words to remember our creator in the days of our youth and to remember our creator in our mature years. But you know, I think there is one more nugget of truth that is crucial for us to remember. It's interesting to me that Solomon refers to God as creator in this passage. It's the only place in the entire book of Ecclesiastes that he uses the term creator. And it made me wonder why. It made me wonder why. Solomon could have said, remember your God in the days of your youth, but he didn't say that. He could have said, remember to fear God in the days of your youth. He has this theme of reverence for God that kind of woven in, but he didn't say that. And I can't speak for Solomon, of course, but, but for me, the use of the word creator stirred something subtle in me that I wonder whether Solomon was trying to convey as he wrestled with this question of the meaning of life. I think the term creator describes a relationship. It describes the nature of the relationship. We are intricately and intimately linked to our creator. And we need to remember that truth. We belong to God. Our very breath, our very existence is because of God. We are his beloved, precious creations. Remembering our creator reminds us that while we are but dust, our creator God is sovereign Almighty, the maker of all things, and has a plan and a purpose for each one of his beloved creations. Solomon calls us to remember our Creator, but I think there's even a deeper truth still. And David knew this well. The truth is, our Creator is forever remembering. In Psalms 139, 17 and 18, David writes, how precious it is, Lord, to realize that you are thinking about me constantly. I can't even count how many times a day your thoughts turn toward me. And when I awaken in the morning, you are still thinking of me. We are never out of God's mind he is always always remembering us in fact isn't that what this season is about the very fact that Jesus came Emmanuel with us means God was remembering us and because Jesus came made it possible for us to be reunited with our creator after being separated by our willful hearts and disobedience jesus made the path for us to be reunited with our creator that is joy to the world we were always meant to be in a relationship with our creator and god is always remembering us even when we are not remembering Solomon was right life indeed is like smoke without substance without meaning unless unless we are reunited in a loving relationship with our creator when we remember our creator when we fear God in that reverential awe we abide in an intimate relationship with Emmanuel, God with us. There is no greater joy, no greater peace, no greater purpose, no greater meaning under the sun. So remember your Creator when you are young, remember your Creator in your mature years, and remember your Creator is always remembering you. Let's pray together. Gracious God, it is is mind-boggling to think about how much you love us. We, We can't, we just can't, we just can't even contain it or get it or understand it. We just get glimpses of it. But God, it is just so wonderful to know that you are always remembering us Forgive us, God, for how, how infrequently and, and how much we don't do keep up our side of the relationship, how frequently we forget about you. And so, God, as we listen to your word this morning and listen to what you were saying to our hearts, I ask, God, that you would just continue to help us remember, guide us to remember Encourage us to remember. Stir in our hearts the desire to remember you. Because we are so, so grateful that you are always remembering us. And we ask these things in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
2: Don't forget to remember. forget a real old song. Some of you, right, remember it. Oh, don't forget. Hey, that song. Remember, oh. children, don't forget. Oh, don't forget to Everybody sing it. Oh, don't forget. If you don't know it, just say, don't forget Clark. To remix.
0: Thank you for joining us for this installment of Renewing Your Mind, a web-based ministry of South Bay Community Church, located at 47385 Warm Springs Boulevard, Fremont, California. We can be found on the web at www.sobcc.org. We'd like to take a moment to invite you to come and join us in person for one of our dynamic Sunday morning worship services. Services begin at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. each Sunday And we would be so blessed to have you come worship with us. We'd also love to hear from you a word about how this ministry is helping you renew your mind for the glory of Jesus Christ. So please contact us and we pray God's blessings over you the rest of this day. God bless.